thing to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com you're listening to the john DePetro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com i want to wish everyone a very happy new year happy and safe new year you never know what can happen out on the roads Especially now, we have uh, not only is there, you have to worry about drinking and driving, now you have to worry about drug driving, people being the under the influence of some kind. I still maintain, I think, uh, our laws, especially in Rhode Island, could be much tougher than they are. But we don't, we don't have leaders that are willing to do the hard work to protect you, protect me, and introduce legislation that would make make the laws tougher on that. Some states do, but Rhode Island is not one of them. Now, a couple of things to watch in the new year. I've mentioned, interesting to see how Governor McKee is going to react, especially um, right now he's, you know, he's coming off what has been, the governor's been, uh, the governor couldn't be any quieter than he's been, that's for sure. So, but the uh, I want to see how the governor is going to react, in fact, to the, how the governor is going to react to the media this year, because he's going to have some challenges. There's a lot of pieces moving. I also noticed that Brett Smiley, the incoming mayor of, the incoming mayor of Providence, he hired that woman who unexpectedly resigned from the prison. So, uh, you know, kind of, I, I won't say poached her, but in the past, a lot of times that type of thing was kind of frowned on. You know, she's already the director at the uh, the ACI at the prisons, and suddenly now she's going to be working for the mayor of Providence. So, which means now the McKee people have to go out and find someone. And uh, I'm willing to bet that that, you know, is not holding up that well with Governor McKee. Now, I also noticed that Governor McKee uh, spoke to the Providence Journal. And they have a story. What are McKee's priorities for 2023? He'll start with tax cuts. Now, again, a um, few things about that. Whatever he is planning, he has to try to get it through the General Assembly and work with them, whatever the plan may be. But I think it's interesting that he's giving this interview to the, to the Providence Journal because who's he not giving it to? He's not giving it to Channel 12. He's not giving it to the Boston Globe, who he certainly seems to have a problem with. He's not giving it to them without question. Now, speaking of the Boston Globe, population dips in Massachusetts and Rhode Island according to the census. Now, keep in mind, this is right after the fiasco and what they were able to pull off in 2020 and able to get that congressional seat. 
um, now, in fact, that they do have the congressional seat when the real census comes out. The census says, sandwiched in between Pennsylvania and California, Rhode Island experienced the ninth largest percentage population decline since last year. Now, it's not just that. Um, in this story that appears in the Boston Globe, the, the people are just flooding out of California. People are flooding out of New York. People are flooding out of Illinois. I mean, it is, and, and Rhode Island is no exception. When, when they initially announced that we had gained all these people, I said, you know, back in 21 is when this came out, that, that, that there's no way that this was accurate. And now it turns out that, of course, it's not accurate. And now when they, they don't have the congressional seat on the line, and now, in fact, when they do a, a legitimate census, this area, our area, especially Rhode Island, has, in fact, lost population, not gained population. So whatever scheme they used, and we talked about it, they, they counted, you know, illegals, they... They counted anyone they could. They were paying the illegals to fill out the census. Um, that that it, it wasn't it wasn't legit. We know that it's not a lot of people moving in. If anything, the you know the population, as I said, has been has been going the other way. It's just the opposite. You have states like Florida, a state that has gained a lot, certainly is Texas. So everyone talks about Florida, but you also have Texas. Tennessee, Arizona, these are the states that people are are heading to. It's not so much that they are, of course, they're not coming into a place um, like this. It's it's not business friendly, it's not tax friendly. Um, it's it's quite uh, it's quite the opposite as a matter of fact. So as we know, I mean anyone that that pays attention, of course that that's not so but notice now, in fact, we get to keep the congressional seat, which is Seth Magaziner actually should have been, should have been, as I said, Cranston, Allen Funk. Now, something to watch with Governor McKee. I know this isn't going to seem to some people that it's a, it's a, it's a big deal, and I'm not saying it's a, it's a huge deal, but he moved to have his inauguration inside because they said that in fact that um, that that because of the weather that they needed to you know we needed to have the inauguration inside and notice Tuesday it's going to be in the 50s for crying out loud when Governor McKee is inaugurated so Massachusetts and Rhode Island have lost residents over the past two years overall population drain in the northeast Americans are migrating to the south and to the west. How about Massachusetts? They have now fallen below 7 million. You know what else I just want to mention? I saw someone saying, look at uh, officials in Rhode Island are paid less than those in Massachusetts. Massachusetts has 7 million residents. Rhode Island has 1 million residents. So um, so Massachusetts is is losing people, as is Rhode Island. Rhode Island saw its population decline 3,200 between July of 21 and July of 22. Does anyone really, I mean, it's it's possible, but the, the, the real answer is that there's no one moving in. So I believe that many people could have left. 
that Ocean State topped out at 1,097,000 residents. But last uh, this summer, it was 1,093,000. 18 states experienced a population decline. New York, California, Illinois, all experienced six-figure losses in population, which were the biggest decrease in the nation. So uh, some New England states added people. Maine added, apparently, 8,100 residents. How about New Hampshire? 7,700 residents. Connecticut added 2,800. And Vermont grew by a little more than 90 people. A few 90 people quietly moved into Vermont. But as far as Rhode Island experienced the ninth largest percentage population decline since last year, Texas grew by 470,000 people since July of 21. Think of that. Most residents of any state in the country in one year, close to 500,000 people became new residents of Texas. Number one in business, low taxes, weather, climate, very favorable in Texas. It's an easy place. Brand new facilities, by the way. Um, everyone talks about Florida. Texas is one of those states that, that Rhode Island should actually try to emulate. The population now tops 30 million in the state of Texas. Florida, fastest growing state, percentage-wise, now has a population over 22 million, had almost a 2% increase in population. And the U.S. now has 333 million residents. So, but you have those states that people are flooding out of, absolutely flooding out of. You know another state biggest percentages now is uh, some of the states you'd think, South Carolina, Idaho, a lot of people moving to, believe it or not. But then you have the states that people are, in fact, leaving. Rhode Island, one of the highest. Massachusetts is right up there, along with California, Oregon, of course, all the problems there. And then New York, Illinois are just states that people are flooding out of. Folks, you are listening to The John DePietro Show. You are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is our legal analyst, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, that is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I'd actually like to start off with, uh, it is big news. And again, we don't know his final day. But, um, you know, uh, as both of us have covered Providence Police Department over uh, several decades, has certainly experienced some turbulent times and Hugh Clemens announcing that he will be leaving as chief of police of Providence. It's a, it's a big deal. He, uh, with a very steady hand during, especially summer of 2020, very challenging times. Yes. I think it's a huge loss for the Providence police department and a even bigger loss for the city generally. Uh, Hugh Clemens is a quality man. I don't think there's any argument that he's a quality guy. He's been an excellent colonel. He's solid. He's smart. Uh, he's unflappable. Um, he doesn't, as far as his interaction with the media and his decisions with his internal handling of his officers, he doesn't make many mistakes. Um, I think he instills confidence. I don't know where he's going, but I'm sure who's ever going to be getting him as their 
uh, employee is thrilled beyond belief at what they're getting. Um, I know you and I would both wish him well and wherever his new venture is going to take him. But I just feel bad for the city and for the department because he's been a steady hand and a guy you can talk to very down to earth. You're not full of himself. He's a very humble guy. And um, it's a big loss, John. Yeah. Especially, uh, you know, in the aftermath, and we've kind of talked about the operation Plutter Home and obviously Barney Prignano. And then you had, you know, Dean Esteman tried to do a lot of things, but uh, that was also a very turbulent time. Um, but uh, Hugh Clements, there's a lot to be said for having the consistency of the two individuals that they've had in Commissioner Perry and then obviously Chief Clements. Now, Tim Dodd, the border has been a problem. Title 42. Uh, you know, it's interesting. There's two stories this week we're going to talk about. One of them is COVID and how we're going to screen people coming in from China. But the other is what President Trump put in with his Title 42 that was set to expire and the border is a disaster. Uh, but that's the Supreme Court seemingly right now is not ready to go against changing anything. Well, Title, you're right. Title 42 there's been a long-standing Title 42 with all sorts of goodies contained in it, but the Trump administration latched on to a specific subsection of Title 42 when um, COVID was new. And, you know, think about when COVID first hit the scene. Hospitals really didn't know how to treat it. We didn't know what to do. We were all washing doorknobs and doing all kinds of things, thinking we were preventing the potential right. spread um, and we learned as we went along. But the Title 42 um, enactments that the Trump administration made was to secure the border from not people coming over illegally, but also to prevent people who could be carrying the COVID virus across the border with them. So it was originally seen as a deterrent to prevent the spread of this disease. Now, over time, as COVID has kind of faded somewhat into the background, although it's still there, um, you know, immigration advocates would say that Title 42 is now a pretext. It's being used, it's a leftover from COVID, the COVID crisis, and it's being misapplied to the folks trying to get into the country now because there's no real fear of people coming over the border, um, bringing potential COVID infection with them. Of course, we know that you know people coming in illegally, even at the height of COVID, were treated much differently than U.S. citizens in terms of <clears throat> screening, um, vaccine obligations, et cetera, which is obviously a different topic. But now... COVID, the, excuse me, the um, Title 42 COVID restrictions were set to expire in the month of December. Uh, a variety of attorneys general um, petitioned federal court to keep it in place. A federal court judge said, no, it should expire by its terms. Um, there was an appeal and the Supreme Court determined that, well, first Judge Chief Justice Roberts issued a, uh, like a TRO, if you will. And now the full court has agreed to keep 
the um, prohibition on Title 42 expiring until the parties can brief it further. So Title 42 will stay in effect for maybe till the spring at the earliest. One of the interesting things I found, John, was the composition of judges who were for keeping the prohibition on Title 42 expiring and those who wanted it to go immediately. Now, those favoring Title 42 ending right now was Judge Justice Sotomayor, Justice Kagan, Justice Brown Jackson, and maybe surprisingly, Justice Gorsuch. Now, the media loves to tell us all that it's a 6-3 court. And I've seen on many occasions, you might have uh, Justice Gorsuch um, voting with the minority. You might have Justice Kavanaugh with the minority or Chief Justice Roberts. Um, It's a somewhat unpredictable and not uniformly consistent, quote unquote, conservative majority. I don't remember the last time Sotomayor, Kagan, or now Brown Jackson has ever split with the liberal wing of the court to vote with the conservative wing. That never happens, but you see it happening the other way. Justice Gorsuch, I thought, made an excellent point. And this to a couple of sentences, he said, this border crisis is not a COVID crisis. The courts should not be in the business of perpetuating administrative edicts designed for one emergency only to be elect because elected officials have failed to address a different emergency. Yep. We're a court, we are a court of law, not policymakers of last resort. And I believe there was also um, a for, further, like, by the way, President uh, Biden could, by executive order, um, knock out um, Title 42 provisions right now, but he won't do it because it's not politically wise to do so. Yep. So his administration has already said, we're going to wait to see what the court does. The court's saying, you're, you're the government. You, you are the head of the government. You could take care of this on your own. This shouldn't be dumped in the Supreme Court's lap because elected officials are so feckless, they won't do what is the appropriate thing to be done. Right. Uh, clearly, Title 42 is no longer a COVID issue. It's now become a border control issue. And to that topic, Judge Justice Gorsuch has a very valid point. And I can see that the Supreme Court is kind of chafing under the notion that, well, we'll have to step in because all these elected officials won't do what they're supposed to do. So it's going to be up to us. This is what conservatives didn't like when it was a liberal court, that they became almost a super legislature and they enacted things, again, that politicians were too feckless to do on their own. Right. Now, now you've got a conservative majority. They, too, should not be in the business of legislating when the legislators won't do it. So at first I saw Gorsuch with the liberal wing thinking, wow, that's unusual. And then it's like, I think he makes the best point of everybody here. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508 508- 
252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 We're speaking with our legal expert, and uh, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, when President Trump, and I, I hate to get into some of this stuff, but when he was president and he said, well, hold on, we, you know, he was the first one way out of the box. We have to limit, actually banned people coming in from China. Huge uproar. That's racist. You can't do that. Well, COVID is once again raising its ugly head. And uh, I'm just wondering the legal aspect that they're saying that now they want to screen people coming here from China. Well, clearly they can do it. There's a CDC recommendation that anyone coming from China, um, Hong Kong, Macau, and I think a few other places in the Far East come here, um, require uh, COVID screenings different than, you know, generally folks who are trying to come to this country from overseas. So I I remember vividly when President Trump enacted the, the China policy um, candidate Biden was saying Trump's xenophobic, you know, yep. he's uh, racist. Um, now, in, when you're in charge and running the government, it's different when you're throwing rocks from the sidelines as a candidate. So now President Biden's doing something very, very similar to what President Trump did. And although the media was more than happy to pick up the hue and cry of xenophobia when Trump did it, they're not going to say a word now that uh, President Biden is doing it guaranteed. You probably won't even read much about any pushback against this policy. It's totally legal to do. Yep. Um, I, I think that um, as when President Trump did it, there was validity to doing the policy. And he did it when we were really in uncharted waters. He was right. We didn't know how to handle COVID. Now we kind of know. Um, Trump had a real emergency on his hands. He had this invading um, virus, if you will, and no one knew quite what to do with it. And it was all coming from largely China, uh, clearly from China. Um, I don't disagree with what President Biden is doing. It's legal. It's appropriate. It's for um, to prevent this country from getting another um, infestation, if you will, from China and neighboring um, areas and protectorates to keep us from having that contribute to another potential spike over the winter months. I I think it makes sense. But it's this kind of um, humorously ironic that the shoe is now on the other foot. Do you think the airlines in any way would be in a position to challenge it? Um, anyone can challenge anything, but I don't think they'd get anywhere. I think that it's a policy that um, 
could be challenged, won't be challenged, and I don't think you'll find a judge who would um, uh, take up the challenge and right now rule against this administration. I guess you could go find one, but it would be difficult. Folks, we're speaking with our legal analyst, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story, it's, uh, it's sad, uh, very disturbing. It's even a connection to Dennis Eckersley. I think this was his adopted daughter, but this woman facing charges after giving birth to a, a, a newborn in the woods in New Hampshire and then left the child in a tent. Again, as, as much as this is obviously sad, and I believe there's uh, you know, drug, drugs involved in some kind of uh, addiction, substance abuse problem, what, what this young Eckersley woman was doing is, is not only you know, pretty difficult, but it's, it's also against the law. Well, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very sad and disturbing situation yeah. from any number of angles. I mean, Dennis Eckersley or the Eckersley family has come out saying that, you know, she's our adopted daughter. She has had mental problems since the age of two. Um, she's been institutionalized at times. She's got drug problems. Um, so, you know, she's unfortunately in a, in a very bad way. Now, apparently she had criminal charges in um, New Hampshire for which she was given bail. And I believe that was a totally different child endangerment situation. Fast forward, now she gives birth to this baby on Christmas night in a tent in the woods, unheated. Um, after giving birth, leaves this newborn with no blankets, no nothing, and leaves. Ultimately, I guess, finds civilization, goes to the cops, gives them incorrect information. Cops have a hell of a time finding this newborn. They find the baby cold and hardly breathing. They, they revive it. Um, I guess the baby will be okay, thank God. But she's being charged with child neglect, um, child endangerment, um, other charges of providing false information, um, obstruction, any number of charges. And there's a push to have her held because she's a bail violator. She yeah. was on bail, and now she's done something even more outrageous. Now, I'm sure she has mental problems. The family acknowledges it. But um, it's certainly prosecutable. Will her mental um, or emotional issues, to the extent that they are valid, uh, mitigate what punishment she gets from the criminal justice system? This is also, these cases show up from time to time yep. where she says, I didn't realize I was pregnant. Mm. And then she's in this tent, which is, doesn't make any sense that you'd be in a tent in the woods when it's 18 degrees out. Right. But she, her claim is, I didn't know I was pregnant. I thought I needed to go to the bathroom. And lo and behold, I delivered a child. There used to be a television show on one of the cable stations about people who didn't know they were pregnant. And suddenly, boom. You know, they're in labor having a baby. Um, is her story um, verifiable? Does it make sense? Um, what's, what has been going on with her for the last nine months? Um, there is a defense to some of this stuff if you don't know you're pregnant. But apparently she knew that she gave birth to a child because she so reported to the cops. It's, it's just very convoluted. Yeah. I'm sure she will get some sort of criminal punishment here, but um, 
as we've seen in today's day and age, you know, the court takes great pity on people with pre-existing mental and emotional problems. Right. I don't know what becomes of the baby. I'm sure she'll be in foster care or be placed with the grandparents if they're up for it. But it's it's a very, very, very troubled young lady. And uh, although she'll be in the criminal justice system, I guess it's fortunate that the baby didn't pass away out there in the cold. I guess it, she, the baby came darn close to doing so. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead, our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story, it's, it's unusual, and it appears in the New York Times. And the owner of Madison Square Garden that also owns MSG Broadcast. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. AtMed Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At AtMed Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families. They're on duty at all times. They're open seven days a week. Walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical. Now, if you're in a car accident, go to AtMed Urgent Care. Avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms. They also do adult vaccinations, laboratory testing, AtMed Urgent Care when it's an emergency, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, that's right, in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. Owns the Knicks and the Rangers, uh, Charles Dolan, he's a, you know, he's definitely had a rough go of it sometimes gets into with the fans and and this is a new one where you have different people that have brought legal action against him and not only is he know who they are but also in fact knows who their attorneys are so you have this attorney and he's a guy in new jersey he's representing someone who's bringing legal action against him and as he goes to attend a ranger game they're using facial recognition and they say oh no no you're you're not coming in here you're you're a part of which is against it. I, I haven't heard of a story like this before, Tim Dodd. What are you to make of it? Well, I think the policy is outrageously wrong. Yeah. There's there's no justification to have it. Um, what what would be the analogous situation if a lawyer handles a medical malpractice case? The lawyer wouldn't be allowed to go into a hospital. They had a medical problem because they've sued the hospital or sued a doctor and they say, right. no, sorry, you can't come in here or any other circumstance. So what is it? Like I handle a slip and fall. Somebody slips and falls at stop and shop. They're going to have facial recognition and I can't go shop at their market. Wow. Um, it's crazy. Now, what's happening with Madison Square Garden is a lot of attorneys are being excluded on the facial resignation recognition um, app and they're suing for under a variety of um, different legal theories in this case the lawyer from new jersey um, sam davis who's a really good lawyer 
I'm actually good friends with his brother, and I know him somewhat anecdotally. He's had some really big scores. He's a very successful personal injury attorney. He gets multi-million dollar judgments. He's the real deal. Wow. He took the approach that um, he would complain about the garden's liquor license because the garden is supposed to be open and their license to have a liquor license, your facility is supposed to be open to the general public. Hmm. So Sam Davis says, even though I'm a lawyer and even though I've had cases against the garden, I am a member of the general public. So by you excluding me, a member of the general public, just because I've sued you, should impact your liquor license and it should mm. be revoked. Now, do I think the garden's going to have its uh, liquor license revoked? No, but I believe the penalty for violation is up to like, I think, $40,000 per incident. Now, you get enough lawyers and enough incidents, and that could turn into some significant money. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Maybe not for the garden because uh, they've got deep pockets, but. I think that uh, this lawyer is taking the tack to try to get some um, uh, sympathetic um, public reaction to this. It, it's clearly outrageous, John. Just because you have an enemy who has sued you, you're not going to let him come into your facility, um, a facility that holds, what, 20,000 people or so, and you have a right. few lawyers interspersed. Wow. Um, I would presume that that policy will eventually be struck down on one or more legal theories within the state of New York. It's, it's just a policy that if you really extrapolate from that case to what could be done against others, um, and not just lawyers uh, and any, any group of people, um, what happens when you start targeting other groups? Right. I mean, and I God, I'm surprised very... the ACLU hasn't jumped on this. What about, you know, what about uh, it's a music show and there's a critic that gave the music show a bad review or a sports reporter that's been critical of the team. And then suddenly they're excluding them on facial recognition. I, I, I totally agree with you. Why is the ACLU not involved? It's yeah. probably because it's, you know, well-heeled, well-funded lawyers who are being targeted. And I don't think okay. the ACLU would be particularly interested in uh, taking Helping up their cause. Yeah. Sure. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's uh, skip to Coventry, where this is an interesting case. You have a firefighter uh, wants to serve on the town council and was being challenged. In, uh, they came out with a ruling, I guess, to say that technically he works for the fire district. But what I think it really comes down to is he he does work for organization who would you know have business in some fashion in 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 dealing with the town but it it is what what do you make of the story with the coventry firefighter it's um the optics are terrible yeah it smells bad um the ethics commission has no problem with it. The Coventry town council had no problem. Well, they did have a problem with it, but they ultimately voted that he could serve. Um, I believe the Coventry town charter says, if you work for the town, you can't be on the council. This firefighter says, I don't work for the town. I work for the Coventry fire district. 
which is an independent organization. And that's my employer. I don't work for the town. And I think that that, if there was a court challenge, I think he would prevail because he does not work for the town. He doesn't get a paycheck from the town. It's very interesting because one of the things he's an advocate of is taking the four independent Coventry fire districts and combining them into an integrated fire department, which would be the Coventry Fire Department. So if that happened, and if he was successful, I guess he'd be off the council because Mm. then he would, in fact, be a town employee. Right. There's been cases like this for years. There was a case a few years back, I believe it was in South Kingston, where a school teacher, I don't think from South Kingston, but a school teacher um, got herself onto the South Kingston School Committee. That's right. And there's an obvious potential conflict of interest and I believe in that case there was a court challenge, but the, the determination was, well, no, she's not a teacher in South Kingston, so she's not an employee of the town. Um, she works in a different department, so it's okay. Now, these things have been happening for years. Firefighters get elected to public office. Cops get elected to public office. Teachers get elected to public office. Other union representatives get elected to the, let's say, the the Rhode Island House or the Rhode Island Senate. You know, you can look in and presume or predict that their votes will be in favor of union interests. Right. Now, that's a supposition. Whether it's always true or not, I'm not here to say. But the... um, Again, the optics are terrible, but I think that if there was a challenge to this particular firefighter um, being kept off the council, um, he would prevail because he does have enough of a distinction right now. Tim Dodd, our next story, and this is interesting to me, uh, TikTok is a very, very popular app. So there's two individuals, and they go to this place, In-N-Out Burger on the West Coast, and they're doing a food review, and they're reviewing themselves as they're saying, oh, and here's the shake. Oh, what do you think of the shake? And here's the fries. And as they're doing that, this idiot comes over and not only starts harassing them, but ins- in- insulting them with Asian slur. So they they post the video. It starts making the rounds. And now the guy that did that, they've actually caught up to him and arrested him. Yeah, this one, I mean, the conduct in the language is scurrilous. The guy's an idiot. He was making homophobic comments. He was making um, racial um, derogatory comments, um, challenging them to go outside, I guess, to have a fight, challenging Mm. that he was, you know, going to kind of get them. So it wasn't just words. It was words with the threat of, you know, imminent physical harm. Sure. Um, It's kind of like the. it's not quite like it, but to the extent a crime was committed, be it disorderly conduct, be it an assault, be it whatever accompanied the language. Remember the Barrington case where the two neighbors were beefing about hedges and the one neighbor called the other neighbor who happened to be from, I believe, Pakistan or India. I, I I don't mean to be unaware of which country, but a country in yeah. Southern Asia, it was Pakistan. Yeah, I think it was Pakistan and made racially derogatory comments. 
while an assault was occurring. And Mm. that had the potential, if the person was convicted of the criminal case, the assault, to have a a penalty enhancement if it was determined that the conduct was racially motivated to fall within the hate speech or hate conduct enhancement statute that we have in Rhode Island. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm not sure if what the analogous statute is in California, but it seems to be a slippery slope. Let's assume the guy didn't do anything threatening, didn't say let's go outside and fight, but simply said homophobic things. Insulting remarks. And they're Asian, so he's making derogatory French uh, King John Hill and so forth. Is that enough, standing alone, Mm. to get arrested for a hate crime? Um, You know, free speech challenges our collective sensibilities. So if some moron wants to look at two people and make homophobic comments, period, is that right. a hate crime or is that just free speech uh, of a really stupid person, an ignorant person directed it to innocent people? I think that to the extent the language can result in criminal charges is a very dangerous precedent, candidly. Um, God, I, I and I'm not defending be, the conduct. Right. I thought there has to be a crime on top of like there has to be a crime committed and then they tack on, quote, and it's also a hate crime. Now, these two people, they didn't, they're young. They didn't report. They didn't call the police or anything. They not only had to try to track down and figure out who they are, then they went about to try to figure out who he was. So as they're filming, granted, maybe it's the, the, the angle or the quality of insults he was, was using on them, which was clearly insulting and inappropriate, but at the end, he didn't. He didn't punch them outside. He didn't attack them inside. He, he just clearly insulted them and used certain language while they were doing that, that video. That, that's right. So in Rhode Island, what he did, I don't think would be enough to get charged. Okay. California, we. I, I can't tell you. I know specifically the language of their state statute on this topic, but in. Looking at that situation, what I'm led to understand is in the last year, there's been over 100 cases, very similar, prosecuted or at least charged in California. And I think 45 or so, the person was found guilty of the hate crime. 30% of them, um, the person was found guilty on some other crime. And about 25% of the time, the person was found not guilty. Um, so the not guilty findings on that is a pretty low percentage based upon a hundred prosecutions for this type of conduct. And if it's words without accompanying, um, criminal conduct or violence or threats of violence, um, it's, it's kind of dangerous. It's like the thought police out there, you know, you can't, what you say could result in you being charged criminally. Right. Um, it's um, not something that should make people feel real comfortable. Yeah. We're going to leave it at that, uh, folks. And again, I want to commend what a fantastic job he's done uh, this year. It is our legal expert, attorney Tim Dot. Tim, excellent job as always. Big things ahead in uh, 23. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you 
Talk to you soon. Thanks, Jen, and Happy New Year to you and all your listeners, and let's hope for a good 2023. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, I want to direct your attention to the website. As I said, we have a lot of unique stories up there. The very disturbing story about a member of the Democrat Party that was sharing some some uh, pretty violent uh, fantasies that apparently has and sharing that with different women that he has a violent fantasy towards, uh, and then all the fiascos with Trinity Rep. So we also post all the video, Cranston PD Live. Again, we have seven episodes up. Those are all up on the website. We're going to be doing more of that, a lot more video. And also, if you'd like to uh, shop, we have great merchandise in the shop. It's a full happening at the website, dipetro.com. So, so folks, something to watch in the new year is... Um, you know, we just have a lot of new people that are coming into place. And whenever there's new individuals, there's going to be mistakes. Governor McKee got his, uh, well, you have a new governor of Massachusetts and new governor of Rhode Island. But you also have a new mayor of Providence. You have a new mayor of Johnston, new police chief in Providence. A lot of change. A new general treasurer, that's an office to watch. That is uh, definitely uh, an individual that had... Uh, Quite the track record for travel when he was the mayor of Central Falls. He also have a new Secretary of State, and that's an interesting uh, office to watch. So it's going to be interesting in this new year to see how Governor McKee's going to deal with a lot of the progressives. The progressives are restless. They don't like this governor. They don't like the way that he handled the whole homeless situation. So I'm not... Uh, saying one way or the other, but he is, he's a Democrat. But I think with the far left, they actually almost treat him as if he's, God forbid, but if he were a Republican, that's the kind of animosity they seem to hold towards Governor McKee. So again, it's easy. There's a, there's a lot of money out there that they still keep getting this COVID money. By the way, COVID is not going away. COVID is rampant right now. It is flying around. There is flu flying around. There is COVID is flying around. A lot of people. Be careful, folks, this weekend. But a lot of people are, in fact, uh, under the weather a little bit. And if you're listening right now and know that, I know someone who has COVID and I know someone that has the flu. And both of them are uh, somewhat down for the count. So uh, you want to remember, if, in fact, something happens, go to Atman Urgent Care. Don't go to the emergency room. Something has to be done about the emergency room situation. Our situation with the emergency rooms at our hospitals is just still overwhelming the system without question. So hopefully, I want to wish everyone a very happy and safe new year. 22 is quite the year. We'll see what's ahead in 23. We're going to be covering it with you, obviously. And we'll see whether or not President Biden is going to announce that he's going to seek another term. I think he is. 
So, folks, much more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. It's not solar, but you can help people save money on their electricity. Yes. Uh, if they're a commercial customer and they're with the grid, uh, local utility, we can also uh, provide them with electricity and also commercial natural gas for uh, right to their business. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. You can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. 24-hour emergency service, right, Jim? Yes. And 24-hour. for right now, it is expensive for people. You'll work out payment plans for individuals with oil. Yes, we have budget plans. We have. Uh, we also take state. Uh, we take state heating assistance. We belong to every city and towns. Uh, community action groups we've participated with that for 20 years we're actually 30 or 40 now since the 80s get the most of your outdoor space with limitless outdoors call today for a free quote 401-580-580 1852 limitless outdoors they specialize in patios walkways steps they did a fantastic job on my outside steps outdoor kitchens landscape lighting retaining walls lawn installations excavation call limitless outdoors today let's dream build and enjoy 401-580 1852 based in smithfield limitless outdoors they also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces limitless outdoors call them today free quote get the most of your outside you're gonna love what they can do for you 401-580-1852 401-580-1852 limitless outdoors dream build enjoy For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals, help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for for you through a personal 
one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401 434 1510 call right now 401-434-1510 tom bryan ameriprise financial advisors to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com remember weekdays 11 to 2 but visit the website dipetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website dipetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com. remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skincare. It's my health. Poppin' and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585 diagonally across from Davenport restaurant falcon pest services 12 months of the year you could have a pest problem serving rhode island and massachusetts called falcon pest services today 401-739-1322 free consultation 401-739-1322 locally owned and operated serving rhode island and southeastern mass they offer services for termites bed bugs ants roaches mice rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739- 1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 
listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipietro.com.